Welcome to ICU, a podcast where we advocate that compassion and connection save lives. They also make life pretty cool. I'm your host, Julie Lee. I see you. Let's be friends. Welcome to the podcast, episode 10, After the Divorce. Yeah, you heard that right. We're on episode 10. And I promise to have something special for episode 10 to celebrate that we're on the 10th episode. Believe it or not, I was able to get the most special guest I have had yet on the podcast. He is here to impart some wisdom on us. He stands about 38 inches tall. Man, if licks could kill. He has the most gorgeous blue eyes I've ever seen. All right, what's your name, sir? Samuel. Samuel. How do you spell that? R-S-A-M-M-Y. And what are you going to be for Halloween? Captain America. Whoa. What's your sister going to be? Black girl. What am I going to be? Wonder Woman. What's daddy going to be? Superman. Nice. What's your favorite color, special guest? Um, Blue. What's your favorite kind of ice cream? What's my favorite ice cream? I don't know. Do you like chocolate or do you like vanilla? What do you like? Chocolate ice cream. Good choice. And I was wondering, before you depart, would you be willing to sing us a song? Sure. What song do you want to sing for us? Baba. Baba? Yeah. All right, go ahead. Baba, black tea, happy Eddie Wolf. Yes, sir, yes, sir. Way back school. Wham for my mama. Wham for the lady. Wham for the Sammy. Wham for the Parker. Wham for Kella. Wham for Macy. Wham for Mary. Wham for Jenny. Bobo Black. She happy anyone. Yes, I yesterday back go. Whoa, thank you for that special performance, Sam. You're, you're welcome. Thanks for being on the podcast today. Hey. Do you want to say something to the listeners? Yeah. My name is Sam and I see you. Isn't he just the best? I guess I'm a little bit biased, but he really is the coolest kid ever. That's Sam. You never know who he's going to start giving bags to during the song. I think I got one this time, and a few of his cousins in California got some, so that was exciting. That's an original. I also have to tell you something exciting is that my website was julieleespeaks.com, but I have since changed it to icupodcast.com. If you type in icupodcast, you can find me. Also, I'm on Instagram as icupodcast. I promise to let you know when that change happened, and it's here. The name for the website is icupodcast.com. This has been such a good weekend. I had the best weekend. I just felt so inspired and so motivated, and then the last two days have just been kicking my trash. I've just, ugh. I'm just trying to figure out how to be a better mom and how to balance my needs with my kids' needs, taking care of my household. And anyways, it's been kind of a rough last couple days. So lots of things to look forward to. Fall is my very favorite season of the year. It makes me so happy. I love October. It's my favorite month. The review I'm going to highlight today is from HVAC J. Jeremy. Pretty cool is what it's called. 
This podcast is excellent. It is very genuine and uplifting. It is worth every minute of your time. I am eagerly awaiting the next episode. HVAC Jeremy, you're awesome. Thank you for saying every minute of your time is worth it. That is huge compliment. I love it. I see you, Jeremy. I just have to say, Jeremy, I have liked every HVAC person I have ever met. We just had to get our air conditioning replaced and I love the people that came. They were so cool. I was like, shoot, we could be friends. So Jeremy, I just picture you being really cool. Please rate and subscribe to the podcast. I don't know how many times I get messages throughout the week from people saying, my friend is loving your podcast or my family member is loving your podcast. Why does anybody ever message me that they're loving my podcast? Please leave a review or message me. It would make me so happy. All right. This introduction has been the hardest by far for me to think about what to say about our guest today simply because what he has meant to me and my family. This is the hardest intro I've had to do hands down. He's probably the most humble person I've met, but also he's like the best person I've ever met. So it's hard to know how to not embarrass him while helping you as a listener get an idea of who this man is. So to tell you a personal story, my mom, when she was at a grocery store, I don't know how long ago it was, but I remember her telling me this later. She was at the grocery store late at night and this man, who's a family friend, he walked up to her and he had two things of ice cream in his hands. And he said, have you and your kids tried this kind of ice cream before? And she looked at him and she's like, uh, I don't think so, no. And he put him in her cart and he handed her a $20 bill and said, okay, well, I think you guys really need to try it. It's really good and walked away. Now that's just a simple story, but I feel like it really exemplifies this man. He just shows up for people in their lives. I spent some time with one of his family members recently and she summed up Harold perfectly. She said, you see what you get. He is the most real person I know. And for me, one of the reasons I think he's so authentic and real is because he has known great pain in his life and he has seen the hope after the pain, which is exactly why I really wanted him to be on my podcast because I've watched him as I've grown up and I've watched him quietly serve people in the most extraordinary ways without ever asking for anything in return or for any recognition. Trust me on this one. You're going to love him. Here's Harold Davis. Welcome. I am so excited to have my good friend Harold Davis with me. Hi, Harold. Hey, Julie. How are you doing? Good. Harold, how do we know each other, would you say? Well, originally I was in your church group mm -hmm. and when you were younger. And then right now your sister Amy, who did a podcast earlier, is my neighbor. And I've come to realize what a remarkable family you all are as you overcome challenges and got on with your life. Like he said, I grew up in the same neighborhood as Harold. We all think you're the world's greatest neighbor. We all wish we had Harold well, Davis as a neighbor. When my sister, that. when my sister was going through chemo and she couldn't, she couldn't go out a lot because of all the germs. Didn't you come over dressed up in like a Santa outfit or something? Shh, you're not supposed to tell anybody <laughs> oh, about that. Kidding. There might be kids listening. Santa's real. Anyways, <laughs> yes. Harold, he's a remarkable person, which is why I asked him to come on the podcast to talk about this sensitive but really important issue uh, that touches almost all of our lives, and that is how we can better see people after a divorce and what it feels like to have gone through a divorce. So, Harold, will you tell us a little bit about yourself? I was born in Libertyville, Illinois, some 40 plus almost 30 years ago. Uh, I was raised in Richland, Washington. I was a teenager in the 60s, which we probably have a bad rap because we weren't all hippies, <laughs> even though I liked the Beatles and even had a couple pants that were bell-bottoms. They ought to be making a comeback now. 
Nice. Uh, but education was important. And uh, so studied a lot and then was also played the trumpet in the band. Uh, my mother was from Utah and her brothers raised sheep. And so I loved herding sheep. And so I would come down most every summer to be with them. Getting up at five in the morning till working until dark, uh, riding horses, bucking hay, docking lambs, fencing. That wasn't work to me. That was a lot of fun. After I graduated from high school, I went to BYU, and then I served a two-year service as a missionary in Germany. And then uh, after that, got married, went to Washington State University to veterinary school, worked in Ogden for about a year and a half, then started a practice, a veterinary practice in Springville some 40 years ago, Mountain West Animal Hospital. Did a lot of large animal and small animal at first, and the last probably almost 20 plus years, just small animal. And three years ago, I somewhat retired. I still work one or two days a week, and but I do serve in the temple. I also uh, serve up at BYU at the BYU Family History Library, helping people that are trying to discover their roots and spend time with my children and grandchildren. And so that's my life. And tell me about your family. How many kids do you have? I have five wonderful children, four live in Utah County and one in Indiana, and along with 15 grandchildren. As I mentioned, I got married several months after my mission, and when we were first married, I, I could bet all the money in the world that I'd never up being divorced. That was just totally never even considered. But then, over time, with especially with agency, and after 33 years married, I became divorced, and now I've been divorced 15 years. I have two daughters that have been divorced. I have some friends that have been divorced. So I have a little bit of understanding of the path that people walk. At the start of the official divorce proceedings, my parents who had moved to Provo were in a tragic car accident. They were both life lighted up to the University of Utah. My father passed away two days later. My mother became incapacitated and spent the next three years in hospitals or care centers. Oh, wow. They left uh, one day with dinner in the oven, fresh baked chocolate chip cookies on the counter, and they never returned home again. So while death was tragic, for me, divorce was even worse, And as one considers thoughts and feelings about this. And then after being divorced five years, I diagnosed with cancer and had to be operated on. It took some recovery time. And for me, again, going through divorce was worse because of all the emotional feelings. Well, and I can relate to that. I feel like I've had different trials in my life that on the outside looked really, really hard. But in my personal experiences, for me, anxiety and depression was so much harder than any of the other things I've been through, like infertility or struggles in the family I grew up in. And so sometimes you don't always see on the outside what can emotionally be killing someone on the inside. So I really like that perspective. How did you feel when you first got divorced, Harold? Kind of sad, devastated, broken. Uh, yet on the other hand, there were some things going on that weren't good. So I also felt relief. There was so many different kinds of emotion. How a person feels, uh, got a couple other thoughts from people. There's, there's some websites on Facebook where people talk about some feelings they've had of being divorced. And I mean, let me just read a couple, just to kind of give a feeling of how people felt. This is, quote, I've been divorced for two and a half years. These last few years have been the most challenging, awful years I've ever been through. I kept going to church, reading my scriptures, saying my prayers, doing all I could to be who Heavenly Father wanted to be. I got discouraged so many times. I kept doing the right things, but it never got easier. While my ex seemed to have the perfect, happy life, living with his girlfriend and playing house with her and her two boys. It was so hard. I finally accepted the fact that I would be alone maybe for the rest of my life, and it, it was okay with me, even kind of happy about it. 
Somebody else wrote, the moments that you feel the most pain are the ones where you doubt yourself the most, when all your failures failures in the past rise to the surface. Somebody else wrote, said, quote, I am so lost and alone and in shock and sad and broken, I don't know how to put my heart on the altar and give it to God. It's in a million pieces. Sometimes I have good days where my burden is light and I can feel the spirit and I have times like this where I just don't want to keep going. I didn't want to have a life outside of my marriage without my husband raising my children by myself. The pain in my heart is so deep right now, deep for him, his choices, and deep for me and all I'm facing and for our children who are facing this too. There, there is quite a bit of emotions and feelings like I talked about. For me, death or cancer was nothing compared to the feelings and emotions of, of divorce. Uh, you, you feel rejected for whatever reasons by someone who supposedly knows you better than anyone else. You question yourself, who you are, your desires, your strengths, your weaknesses, your value. You question what's important to you, how you live and do life. Are there things about you that can never be accepted by others? I also felt overwhelmed at the time I had two teenage daughters, uh, ages 13 and 17, living with me at home. My mother in a care center for the next three years, trying to meet business and financial obligations. I could say at my business, probably there's not a piece of the floor that I hadn't wept on or cried about or been on my knees in prayer over the years before and after the divorce. I can't imagine. What would you say to people who maybe feel shame because they're divorced and they feel like they need to explain themselves to people about why they got divorced or how they ended up in the situation they're in? In reality, I'm sure people may wonder, but I think the vast majority of people are really too busy with their own issues or they really ought to be too busy with their own issues and to be too judgmental of us. I read a book several times, helped me a lot, by Viktor Frankl, Man's Search for Meaning. I One, yeah, I love that. that. There's so much there. And to think when I think that, man, I got troubles, I'm going, gee, he had real troubles, you know. And that's how he overcame them, through finding purpose in life and finding love. And, and then another, I just read a synopsis of another book that just came out. It's called Carried. How a Mother's Trust in God Helped Her Through the Unthinkable. This is by Michelle and John Smith of Piano Guys who lost their daughter. Oh, right. Yes, I followed that online. It's amazing what they went through. And I think I had nothing like that, you know. Mm -hmm. And so I think we have to realize that everyone has issues. Even though, like I mentioned, people may wonder. And and sometimes I, I think we worry too much what other people think. I know at first I thought, man, should I be involved with church, you know, wondering what people think. But fortunately, I, I kept going um, because then I realized it's really between me and God, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, another thing is when I served as bishop, I didn't feel the total empathy uh, for other people, especially divorced people, that I did after I became divorced. Yet we can't experience every challenge to feel empathy and love for others. So whatever our experiences, and again, everyone has challenges and growing experiences. That's kind of the purpose of this life. But we need to truly reach out and care for others. And it's in the small, kind, simple acts that where we can really do the best. And it just makes me think, we've talked about in episodes before, how suffering is suffering. And once you've felt that suffering, that true pain, I think you can relate to people easier, even if you haven't been in that exact experience. I, I don't agree. know what it feels like to be divorced, but I know what it feels like to need God and to need Christ and to not have any other options but to reach out for them. I agree wholeheartedly. What can other people do to help someone who has gone through a divorce feel seen? How can we show compassion and connect with them? 
Well, I think the the most important thing is just to, to be a friend to somebody. If they were your friend before, they should be your friend afterwards. In our church, there are groups that are divided into about 40 people called wards. And then there's a thing called a stake that's made up of six to eight wards with about 3,000 people. At the time of my divorce, I'd been serving as the stake executive secretary, uh, which helps the three members of the the leaders or the stake presidency. After it all happened, I sat down with them and talked to them and said, I felt it was maybe best that I be released since I was divorced and I felt like a failure. And I felt like maybe I brought shame upon them uh, for what they stood for and what they did. Uh, they were so wonderful and so loving and said change would not happen. And I continued to serve as, as a stake executive secretary for another 10 years. It was so uplifting to feel of the love and of their strength and as they included me, gave me responsibilities, connected with me, and just being around them uplifted me. Show empathy, however that word means exactly. I think you can say I'm sorry without taking sides. Sometimes you've been friends with both people that mm-hmm. are divorced and your close friends, you, you should tell them that they're valued and important and ask for their advice. It's important to invite and include as best as possible. If a divorced person doesn't come, then don't give up on them. Still show kindness. Uh, recently, I think it was about three weeks ago, we had a our church had a summer picnic activity. And there's four divorced men in our church group over the age of 40. And I was the only one that showed up of them. There were several divorced women that came. And I think the only reason I went is because I had an assignment. They wanted me to provide the, to ride the sound and the music for it. Some, so, so sometimes a divorced person feels a little bit out of place, especially a man. Uh, so it's important to uh, give assignments to, seek to involve them, and, and involve them without any strings attached. After I was divorced, I was invited over to dinner at some people's house. And I'm sure people wanted the best for me. But then I found out that they'd invited a nice single lady of their friend over too. And I'm going, uncomfortable. Yeah. And uh, and I really wasn't interested. And so I began to turn invitations down and I became more reclusive. And so I, I think it's important to include divorced people just like anybody, just like any friend, right. with, just to be their friend. Do you have any advice you would give to a person who has been divorced and is struggling or having a hard time finding purpose in life? Well, first of all, a disclaimer, I didn't and I don't have all the answers, but I would say probably the first thing is to get yourself right with God, whatever that takes. If you have to make some changes, if you need to get a church leader or a professional counselor involved, then I think the greatest peace and happiness will be when one's right with God and you have to do whatever it takes. I had studied the scriptures more. The temple became my refuge as I struggled with feelings, dealing with children, especially with two precious teenagers in my home who are also struggling to find their way in a mixed up world. Seek to be a lighthouse for your family and friends and realize that everybody experiences the storms of life. Everybody. Uh, We need to realize who we are is who we are and realize that everyone has challenges. I think that's the most important thing that uh, some have challenges like you mentioned that are more noticed than others. But everyone has their own issues to deal with. And I think that's extremely important to realize everyone has challenges. So strive to have the spirit in your home and be kind. Put up pictures of your children doing happy things. They want to remember happy things and happy family things. Personally, strive to be happy. I know I spent a year in China almost teaching English and I rode the subway every day. And and I'm going, man, I can't talk to anybody. I don't know what's going on. But I realized the one thing I could do was just smile. 
Mm-hmm. So I'd just stand on the subway and just smile. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably like, that guy's not from around. <laughs> yeah. And as a matter of fact, one fellow, came, one fellow came up to me that spoke really pretty good English. He came up to me and he goes, you're smiling. And I'm going, hey, I'm just trying to add a little something because I don't know what else to do in this world. So, you know, and, and I think something else, too, that, uh, that was a profound thought. God will stretch us more. We sometimes think that we won't be challenged more than we can be challenged. A good friend told me that God does stretch us beyond our limits because we have to learn that there's more than us and that we need God and Jesus Christ in our lives if we're going to survive and get on with life prioritize. Julie, how many hours in the day do you have? Uh, only 24. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I only have 24. We all have 24. It doesn't matter who we are and when we've lived, we all have 24. Time is a precious and of short supply, especially when one is trying to do maybe the job of two people, you know, and you need to take time for yourself. I thought that your recent podcast on self-compassion was excellent. It was totally good. Thank and, you. And there were some good ideas of helping ourselves and uh, even though we can feel real ejected, we need to, to offer ourselves to, to give to this world. I, I think we need to spend time for what's most important, for what's eternal nature. And that's our family, children and grandchildren. Because children in the end, they, they don't want fancy cars or fancy shoes or anything. We may think that, but in the end, all they really want is us. Yeah. I like songs. One song that I sang over and over again was, uh, When upon life billows you are tempest-tossed, when you are discouraged thinking all is lost. Count your many blessings. I used to sit down and when I would get real low, I'm going, i got to write my blessings down. And sometimes I could only maybe write one. (laughs) I felt things were going good. But at least... I, I got one down, and I think about that. That, that. The songs helped me. Another song that was really good. I hope you're going to sing this one, right? Uh, are you kidding? <laughs> if I sang it, your podcast would be over. Okay, you better not sing it then. No, I'm just kidding. But this is, this is a song, Sometimes He Let's It Rain by Tyler Castleton. It says, do you know this? It sounds familiar. Okay. You, S- say you, so. you see the storm clouds gather. The sky is turning cold and gray. You know that something's coming when you start to feel this way. You plead for intervention but heaven offers no relief and you would understand if only you could see that sometimes he lets it rain he lets the fierce winds blow sometimes it takes a storm to lead a heart where it can grow he can move mountains of grief and oceans of pain but sometimes he lets it rain when you let your heart surrender to the master in control your spirit learns the lessons of the tempest in your soul When the storm's no longer raging, you'll see how far you've come through the wisdom and the mercy of the sun. Sometimes he lets it rain. He lets the fierce winds blow. Sometimes it takes a storm to lead a heart where it can grow. He can move mountains of grief and oceans of pain, but sometimes he lets it rain. I was fortunate that my work, uh, the kids could come to work, you know, and if they wanted money, they had to work for it. And so I think it's important for children to learn to work. Uh, Too often, I think the divorced mother or father thinks they have to give it to the kids to avoid the real challenges of life. Mm. When in reality, it's best for a kid to learn how to work. Children want to feel good about both parents if they are part of each. So it's really best not to badmouth the other spouse. So, I don't know. I try to make myself available to tend my grandkids. Uh, It helps my children and their spouses have a good time together. It helps me also for my grandchildren to to know me a lot better. Boy, I talk a lot, don't I? (laughs) It's good. It's good. (laughs) 
you take opportunities to grow. I've taken uh, piano lessons, guitar lessons, banjo lessons. See, this is what I'm saying. Why aren't we getting these instruments out? And because I'm no good. <laughs> <laughs> I take the lessons, but I can't do anything. But at least I've tried. At least you took the lessons. Yeah. <laughs> and I was also blessed to serve for in Indonesia with Pacific Partnership uh, on the USNS Mercy with Latter-day Saint Charities as a veterinarian. And then, like I mentioned, I served a year in mainland China teaching English with the BYU China Teacher Program, which was a fantastic program. And then finally, I guess, you know, when the right opportunity to move along with another relation comes along, I think we should try. After all, that's what this life is all about. Realize that two working together for the same purpose is much better than one. And we're promised that we'll have that someday here or in eternity. Divorce can be a blessing and a real learning experience as per the qualities of the person who we really want to be with. That's what we learn and what we really then really seek. Harold, thank you so much for being here. It's been just amazing to have your insight. Do you have any final thoughts for us? Oh, Julie, if anyone is listening who's divorced will realize that uh, they're not alone. They're not alone. It's, it's extremely challenging. It can go right to the core of who you are. But there is hope for healing and to find true satisfaction in this life. I also think that you're one amazing young lady. I've listened to most of the podcasts, and I think you're very helpful. You're on the right path that through compassion and connection are needed to the divorced person or to any person because everyone has challenges. And it's also best for the divorced person to heal and for any person to heal and to find great purpose and happiness in this life as we seek to offer compassion and connection to everyone around us. And especially with those that I think they're going to be of a forever relationship, your children and grandchildren. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks for having me, Julie. I forgot to ask you one important question, which is, what's your favorite kind of ice cream? Oh, <laughs> vanilla. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, Rob, it's so boring. How can you not love him, right? He's a special man. Don't you want him as your neighbor like I do? I feel so lucky to be rubbing shoulders with people as I get to have them on my podcast. And Harold has been one of my favorite guests yet. Next time, guess who's on? Brad Wilcox. And everybody keeps asking me, how did you get Brad Wilcox on your podcast? And I just want to respond, Psh, he wanted to be on my podcast. He's like, I got to be on that girl's podcast. It's so awesome. Haha, <laughs> just kidding. But he's the best. And I'm so excited he is going to be on and he's going to talk about what is truth. And I guarantee what he has to say is going to make you think about things in a whole different light than you have before. Thank you, and I love you. My name is Julie Lee, and I see you. You see the storm clouds gather. The sky is turning cold and gray. You know that something's coming when you start to feel this way. You plead for intervention, but heaven offers no relief. And you would understand if only you could see that. Sometimes he lets it rain. He lets the fierce winds blow. Sometimes it takes a storm to lead a heart where it can grow. He can move mountains of grief and oceans of pain, but sometimes he lets it rain. When you let your heart surrender to the master in control, your spirit learns the lessons of the tempest in your soul. When the storm's no longer raging, you'll see how far you've come through the wisdom and the mercy of the sun. Sometimes he lets it rain, he lets the fierce winds blow. Sometimes it takes a storm to lead a heart where it can grow. He can move mountains of grief and oceans of pain, but sometimes he lets it rain. 